0: Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uytaki, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth, We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young Businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 77. Uh, Today's podcast, I'm actually really excited about. This is a little different topic than we uh, normally cover here on the Young Businessmen of Tulsa Podcast, but uh, I'm excited to bring my guest to you guys today because we're going to be talking about something um, that affects us as leaders in our homes. Um, I think a lot of times when we look at just the, the role that we play in, in the different hats that we wear in our organizations and in, in our families, uh, all these different things that we do. It's important as leaders to learn from the best, right? To, to find some of those clues that success leaves behind. And uh, sometimes part of that is just educating yourself and and, and familiarizing yourself with some of the things that are out there. So today's topic is not necessarily as business type related, but more leadership related and more, if anything, um, protection uh, related. Because I think a lot of times when you get into that role of a father or being in in a family and, and you're raising that next generation of kids, you're just in this situation where you want the best for them. And I think you forget about some of the threats that are out there, some of the predators that are out there that are trying uh, to get your kids' attention, trying to get their time, uh, and then definitely way more than that. And so today's guest is Jason Weiss, and he's with the Demand Projects and also with the Jinx Police Department. He's a detective over there as well. And uh, if you guys are familiar with YBT, you probably heard uh, from him in some of our meetings, but the podcast goes well beyond our meetings and our audiences uh, there and so i wanted to bring jason on to talk about some of the things that he does uh, in his role with the demand project and with the jinx police department because i think uh, it impacts us as leaders in our homes because we need to know about some of the stuff that goes on out there um, that can really um, negatively affect our families. So Jason, if you don't mind, talk a little bit first about who you are, say hello to the audience, talk about the demand project, and then let's kind of dive into this topic of uh, some of the things that you do uh, so that we can really kind of dissect uh, some of the interesting things that goes on uh, in, in terms of the battle for our families. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate
1: you uh, finally, uh, we finally getting together and, and having this conversation. It is an important one and I think it's one for a lot of fathers and parents That are going to be listening to this podcast to understand because we have a real, real problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we progress through this conversation, I hope a lot of people's eyes are opened on the threats that kids face. I mean, it's way different than than when I was growing up, and and possibly even you. You know, I, I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but man, when I was growing up, I could ride my bike in the neighborhood until sundown and and never have any issues. And you know, now that we've got the internet and social media and all kinds of things that are out there for kids to get their hands on and along with predators. I mean, it's, it's, uh, the kids are a lot more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, like you said, the uh, co-founder of The Demand Project, and we started the, the Demand Project back in 2013, me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are passionate about protecting kids. Uh, several years ago, I was a very successful businessman in Colorado. I was talking to you a little bit earlier about that, you know, we had a large format graphics business and I was doing fantastic. We had the big house at the end of the cul-de-sac and um, a news story came on the news and it just completely rocked me to my core. It was about a dad, a a biological dad that had actually sexually assaulted his daughter, Mm -hmm. that was two, and videotaped it and put it on the internet for thousands of people to watch. And as a dad, I mean, literally, my brand new baby daughter was in a bassinet right next to us yeah. in our bed when that story hit, and it was just one of those fist clenching line in the sand moments where I could not literally, I couldn't think about anything else. I was so mad, I was so enraged that somebody would do that to their own daughter, and then not only that, would videotape it and put it on the on the World Wide Web for people to watch it. Right. And at the time of that story, the internet was fairly new. And IP addresses weren't, you know, logged the same, and it was just it was a lot different world when it came to technology. I mean, now you can track an IP address, and it, you know, it's a little easier. Right. But there was there was no way to find out who this guy was, and so it just really really en- enraged me to the point where I quit my job, my wife quit her job, we ended up leaving Colorado to come to Oklahoma to go to the to the Victory Bible Institute <laughs> of all places. So um, it started a long journey to what this problem was, how deep it went, and uh, you know we, we pl- got plugged into a couple other organizations that were great got a, got you know gave us the a platform to be able to educate uh, the community and the politicians and the community and the churches on what human trafficking was and what sexual exploitation of children was and at the end of 2012 that organ- the, some of the organizations that were with dissolved and you know when you when you have a passion for something you know you can usually find another passion but when you have a calling then you have to continue to work in that calling you know there's a there's a big difference I'm passionate about golf I love golf yeah but I'm not gonna wake up every day and go to the driving range and, and hit a thousand balls my passion or my calling is to protect children at all costs mm-hmm. you know I'm, I we dedicated our life to protecting children and stopping predators so in 2013 we formed the demand project and what we wanted to accomplish with that is we wanted to fight three different crimes: uh, child pornography, lewd proposals to a minor, or online uh, online enticement, mm-hmm. and sex trafficking. And then we do that through prevention, prosecution, rescue, and restoration. Uh, I do a lot of awareness workshops for parents and guardians. I train law enforcement on uh, on social media and apps that you can look out for, um, and, and we also have a. Uh, a shelter or a uh, property that was just donated to us, where we're going to be able to house between thirty and sixty victims of sex trafficking yeah. uh, when it's all said and done. So that's what we do at the Demand Project, and then at the police department. Child pornography—you can't fight that as a, as a civilian. You, you just can't, yeah. um, because it's toxic. It's it's illegal. You go to those places, and you you're going to get in trouble. So, as as a as a somebody that was passionate about that, because that's what prompted. This whole thing of getting involved was somebody was abusing their child online and distributing that—that was child pornography. So at the ripe age of 43, I decided to go through the police academy with people that were 20 years younger than me and go through the police academy, and I did it. And yeah. I graduated. You know, one—I I think at the end of the of the last test, I graduated at the top of the class as far as a test score goes. So I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. So I went through patrol, and then recently I got. Uh, promoted to the the detective's office, and I've been doing that since September. And my primary role is to uh, fight crimes against children. And uh, they allow me to do some very proactive, you know, really cool stuff to get bad guys. And so that's what I do uh, with the Demand Project and with uh, the Jinx Police Department.
0: Well, on behalf of uh, humanity, (laughs) thank you for standing in that gap, because uh, even just some of the stories that I've heard from you are are things that just— like like I would hurt inside just in, in like I guess disgust would be like a really good term to kind of hear about some of the things that these people do and uh, the things that happen and I think that a lot of times it, those are not like the feel-good happy stories and so I, I think a lot of times either we become desensitized to things like this or we just choose not to not to look that direction we choose to look the other way we try to avoid uh, those kinds of things. Like, I'm just going to turn the news off because it's too depressing, right? Um, and I think a lot of times that, like, leaders and uh, and social advocates, like what what you've, you've done, are important because once you know about it and, and once you're educated about it, you're faced with that decision of, do I continue to allow that to happen or do I do something about it? Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the word for that. I, I had like, I felt like you were convicted to do it, but I feel like that has a negative connotation to it. Well, it's not necessarily you that. you know,
1: most of the people that, you listen, that listen to your podcast are probably Christians. Yeah. And it, was, it, it wasn't quite the loud, audible voice, but it was a push. Yeah. And it was a pull, and it was an urge. And a lot of people have asked, you know, what got you into this? And it was, it was, it was rage. I mean, absolute rage. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I, you know, I, I wasn't abused as a child. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always had a passion for taking care of kids and protecting kids and, and doing that. Um, but, man, when that story hit, that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the same thing with my wife. It was We were absolutely 100% called to do it at that particular moment. There was no turning back. There was no way we could wake up the next day and go, Hey, honey, what's for dinner? You know, what are we doing today? It just, it just didn't feel right. Right. And I'm telling you it has been a long, hard journey to get where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not glamorous. Um, you know, we sacrifice a lot. Uh, we, you know, my wife and I, we don't spend a lot of time with each other anymore because we're in a season. Um, you know, my kids are growing up fast and, you know, it's a graphic, hard business, you know, a hard crime to fight. You know, I've dealt with literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of online predators. Yeah. And I've seen and heard it all. Um, and unfortunately I've seen everything, you know, that these guys will throw at the kids. And it's, it's really scary to think about that there's that many people out there that are targeting our children for either to meet for sex or to get really um, nasty pictures from them.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, kind of, as we're talking about this, so a little history on myself, Um, I actually went to a school that uh, has since shut down because of a sexual predator. And uh, the crazy thing for me was I knew the guy. I wasn't friends with the guy who was older than me, but I knew of him. I'd seen him in public. I'd seen him interact with people. And I can say with certainty that I was surprised and not surprised all at the same time when it finally came out. And I think for us... um, that we need to be vigilant to look for some of these things that uh, don't seem right to us and um whenever whenever I think back to that situation I was never impacted by it but I was around people that potentially were and it was one of those things where it's like he's having kids sleep over at his house and the parents are cool with that um and and you were just like oh well you know he he he's great with kids and he, you know, he has a calling for kids. And so it was like, how do you differentiate those two things uh, to really kind of look and say, okay, if it feels weird, is it weird in terms of like, I don't think that's right. But at the same time, you could say, you could justify it on the other side and say, well, you know, he, he, he is grown up in the church or he's grown up with these, these people and the families trust him and all these other things happen to where you're like, okay, well, it, it kind of is weird, but it's not because, like, you justify it. So, so how do you cut through that? How do you, how do you use like um, a, a real good litmus test or some way to discern uh, when you think something like that may be happening? So, in your instances, like some of the stuff is happening online, but I'm sure you encounter some people that were personally affected by a predator in their community. So what are some things that people can look for? What are some of some of these clues that are, that are kind of coming along the line so, so we can protect our kids? One thing that
1: I would want to point out to you in what you described to me with your experience is that a lot of the predators that I've come into contact with, especially the good ones that are really committed to getting involved with the child. Mm-hmm. They use a, a method and a tactic called grooming mm-hmm. and it sounds like the individual that you're talking about groomed the community yes. and a lot of the good ones that are really sinister they will groom a whole community. They'll groom the family, they'll groom the business, they'll groom the church. Um, I, I've actually uh, had a girl that co-spoke with me at an event. Uh, her name is Lisa Johnson and she tells a story of a guy that groomed her Not only through the process of like dated her, courted her, engagement, marriage, all of that, just to get to his, her daughter, Really. all of that. Yeah. And you know, there's people that will groom whole communities. And then when something does come up, they're not mentioned because it couldn't possibly be that guy. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I want, if if you get nothing else from this podcast, grooming is a process. It's not an event, right? If you can imagine, Putting a pot of water on a on a stove mm-hmm. and turning on the heat, and you know it starts off cold, but as that heat gets turned up, it gets warmer and warmer and hotter and hotter, and then it's boiling over. That's the process of grooming. Groom the, these guys that target children either online or in a, in a community. They'll start off with compliments. Um, it could be innocent compliments that you wouldn't think, well, that's not really predatory, but mm-hmm. if you look at it as, as a context of what their goal is, it fits right into that. Yeah. Um, they can start off with, you know, like some of the stuff that I've dealt with online, they'll start off with innocent compliments, um, and then it will get romantic, and then they'll want to play truth or dare. You know, like the last few online predators that I've dealt with, they want to play truth or dare. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they want to find out what's the grossest food you've ever eaten. Or you know what's the craziest thing you've done? It's what what have you done with a boy or you know other personal things that yeah. you know that they would want to know. And it basically it's a it's a way to desensitize that child right. and to get them to you know give their heart away. I mean that's what they're doing. They're seducing these these kids online, and you know they'll the, and it's and it's cloaked in secrecy. They want to keep everything secret um, because they don't want the child to tell the parents so they'll look for kids that are isolated you know that are um at risk vulnerable maybe single parent uh situation um and then they'll just you know the good ones there's there's the people that i've chatted with online that say hey let's go do something and our let me let me see your your private parts and i'll show you mine and they're they come right out those are the easy ones yeah and most kids when that happens they're not even going to pay attention to that it's the guys that want to know hey what are your interests what kind of movies do you like? Where do you go to school? What are your parents? You know, what 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 are you doing tonight? You know, mm-hmm. those type those type of things. of Want to know like the more personal things? Those are the ones that are more methodical and more manipulative, and and uh, are grooming that child for specific purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the ones that I would be really really concerned about. And some of the things that you would look for if you were if your child was being groomed is um, behavioral changes, um, or uh, maybe they're upset when they can't get online or um, they, they they can't find their device or that maybe they're getting a gift, you know, that was unexpected. You know, I've, I've had several guys that offer to buy me a phone. Uh, one of my last arrests I had actually made me go to Amazon, pick out a dress and send him the link mm. so that he could buy it and send it to me. And so unexpected gifts. That's pretty bold. It's pretty bold. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, but those are some of the things you kind of look out for behavioral changes. You know, they get upset with the if they don't get Wi-Fi, they can't you know they, they can't get on their device. Unexpected gifts, you know, just risky behavior. Yeah. You know, that, that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, something's not quite right with my
0: with my daughter. So I do have a question about that in terms of the behavioral stuff because um, I feel like our generation right now in terms of parents is very prone to put a device in front of a kid as a babysitter. So how do you differentiate? A kid just who's spoiled on an iPad, behaviorally of like taking it away, right, As opposed right. to um, one who's actually behaviorally changing because of X, Y, and Z. Well,
1: that's where you're going to have to know who your child's behavior. Yeah. And one thing also is kids can't have social media until they're 13 years or older. Yeah. I, I I dealt like several, <laughs> well, I've dealt with that Well, I've had several parents that have come into the police department and say, "Hey, this guy's reaching out to my daughter, and she's 10." Or she's eleven, and my first response is, "Okay, give me the information that I need to, to, to start this case." But also, do you know that your child had to lie to get that social media? And you should know that your kids cannot have social media until the age of thirteen. Right. And so those are those. That's you know, something that a uh, conversation needs to be had yeah. with parents. Um, what was? What else did you have?
0: <laughs> um. Well, upset when they can't get oh. online. Yeah. So again, uh, I feel like so. My kids, I, I have the ability to turn the turn the internet on and off on my phone, and so for me that's almost like a negotiating tactic to get them to yeah. do what I want them to do, <laughs> um, because I mean for them it's you know they're they're playing like games and, and whatnot. It, well, and we'll get into that, but um, so they're they're doing that, and and at first they would throw fits, and I think it was just because they were really young and, and whatever, and they weren't even online at that point. It was just it was just getting you know taking away their video games. But, um, I mean, are we talking, like, just, like, the kid's going to stop talking to you? Because I feel like if they're, if they're being abused, and I guess maybe that's where the uh, grooming comes into play, they don't see it as, like, they're, they're excited about it, right? Oh, yeah, So, yeah. so, so that's, so you're, you're, you're kind of balancing that because they haven't gotten to that point where it's actually gotten weird for them yet. And so it's like, how do I see this coming and differentiate that from just, you know, the, the kid just wants to be... Well, device as opposed to like he, they're engaging in conversation with someone right
1: well again that's going to come down to knowing your kids you're going to you're going to know the behavioral changes you're going to know okay this is different this is a different behavior than when i just took it away yeah because it's time to for dinner mm-hmm. you know you're going to you're going to have to know those differences and and just be able to identify those character traits yeah. you know and be able to identify that and then have a conversation with them yeah i don't know how many parents Either they're busy, or they don't want to know, or they're just nervous about what the response is going to be. <laughs> you know, I would just, you know, you, you, we all have the sex talk with our kids. Yeah. And unfortunately, you're going to have to integrate this into it as well. Yeah. Because, you know, when the internet first started, you had chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. You kind of knew AOL, Yahoo, you kind of knew where it was. And then everything kind of grew from there. And now you have social media. You have you still do have chat rooms. You have social media. You have messaging apps. Yeah. You've got things like Snapchat and and uh, Whisper and Kick and all these other ba- these other uh, apps that come on. And you know even apps the 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 game apps that mm-hmm. have chat functions, predators can reach out through that. Live streaming. Kids are live streaming everything now. Yeah. There's apps called Lively. And live me and you now.
0: Is that the little short video clips where they're like acting out stuff? Like uh, yeah, things? but
1: lively. You can. I mean, I can turn on my phone right now, and lively. There are. There's no age restriction on it. So I've watched three and four and five year olds broadcasting right from their room, talking about everything from music to boys to clothes, and they're broadcasting right from their and room. And
0: people are engaging. In yeah, and, and you can see how
1: them. many uh, people are watching it. Uh, on the screen,
0: and that's feeding their their. So let's say, for example, you got a kid who's who's doing this live streaming, and they're not getting attention anywhere else. So now they're broadcasting this, and now they're all of a sudden getting all this attention. I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster, right well, there. Well,
1: and if you're a bad guy, let's say I'm a I'm a predator. Yeah, I'm a 40 year old predator. I'm watching these kids, and I've got you know, social media I can set up. I mean, I'm gonna start watching, if I'm targeting someone, I'm gonna start watching them. Yeah. And I'm gonna start looking at their, their posters in their room, what they're talking about, and what do you think I'm gonna go do? I'm gonna create an Instagram mm-hmm. or a Facebook that matches their likes and mm-hmm. dislikes. So, and they're broadcasting it live. Yeah. And usually they're telling what their Snapchat is, what their Instagram is, what their kick messenger is. And so if I'm a bad guy, I'm gonna go make a profile that's exactly what they like. Yeah. And then boom, mm-hmm. I'm in. Um, I can can start communicating with them. And, you know, not all these guys want to meet. It's only about 30% of the online uh, goal for the predator. The other 60% or more is to get pictures. Uh And once they can get a picture, then they can, it's called sextortion. And they can use that to get more and more graphic videos and pictures. If you're a 13 or 14-year-old kid and you're sending a picture to someone thinking that it's another 13 or 14-year-old kid and they... And it's not. Yeah. And now I'm threatening you. You send me more pictures, or I'm going to send all these pictures to your Instagram followers, your 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 school, your parents, your church. You're gonna you're gonna do what they Uh, want. So
0: once they get one,
1: then they can get as many as they want. They can do whatever. It's called sextortion. Wow.
0: You're kind of talking through a lot of different things that kind of that happen in the 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 conversation that's happening and um, the the grooming that happens, and and so there's all these different ways that, that kind of come along, and you, and you did talk about games, so I'd love to kind of dive into that one a little bit, because I think right now one of the biggest shocks for me was that uh, some of these games with chat features and that kind of stuff, that there is a lot of conversation that happens that you don't even know is there. I actually had my kid, he was playing on a game, and um, it was a Minecraft type game or something along those lines, and, and somebody was chatting about the skin that the other person had for on their or avatar, or whatever that thing is called, is running around. And so my son was reading it, and he, and he said some words that kind of f- flagged for me, and I was like, oh, that's off now. And I think in context they were talking about the skin of the avatar, but at the same time it just didn't sound right to me at mm-hmm. all. And so what's happening is that uh, my kids were playing a hide-and-go-seek game, and that's that's where a lot of the chat and stuff was happening, and, and uh, I think between that and, and Ro- Roblox. Roblox,
1: yeah. And then there's a new one called Fortnite Fortnite? That a lot, of, a lot of kids are playing.
0: Oh, I think I've heard about Fortnite too. So, uh, talk about how, how how that happens. Like a kid's on there, they're playing, they're having a good time, and next thing you know there's there's an older predator that's playing along with everybody there. How does how does that happen? They just start talking and, and yeah. then they start well, I mean if you're
1: a if you're a bad guy and mm-hmm. you're in the kids, where are you gonna go? Yeah, where kids where are where kids are. Yeah. And so it's the new playground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's the new mall, it's the new skate park, you know, so Guys are gonna go where the kids are, and so if it's Fortnite, if it's Minecraft, if it's, if it's Roblox, if it's PlayStation, if it's Xbox, you know, you can you can friend request and accept friends on these video games. And so that's where it starts. Uh, you know, again, it, you, as a parent, it's it's critical for you to know technology yeah. and to know the avenues that these guys are penetrating your your. Uh, your kid's life mm-hmm. you know whether it's through social media whether it's through a messaging app whether it's through uh, social media uh, like snapchat mm-hmm. or through, whether it's through this you have to be able to know that because i'm, I'm telling you i've been coached as a, you know pretending you know my part of my responsibility is is uh doing undercover stings mm-hmm. and posing as a minor i've been coached several times by online predators how to hide things mm. how to create folders how to delete chats how to delete how to delete apps hmm. so they're trying to reparent me hmm. or reparent what my parents have taught me about being responsible and not sending pictures and they'll, they they they're desensitizing these kids and coaching the kids on how to hide things and how to be deceptive and you know it's it's something you you better know what's going on out there <laughs> because there's there's I mean there's YouTube channels literally YouTube channels out there that will teach a kid how to hide Applications,
0: really. mm-hmm
1: And there's two apps b- before we end this that I want parents yeah. to know that are very dangerous. One yeah. is Kick, it's K-I-K. Uh-huh. That is the number one predator app, and there's over 300 million people that use it, and most of them are kids. Is it? And it, is, it is it? It's a mobile app. 100%. I know,
0: but is it projected as a kids like a game or something the kids play? Or no, but do you just it, tell them to download that app so they can talk. I
1: don't know what prompted it to begin with. But I know that's where a lot of kids go. Okay. And, they, and it's known for sexting. It's known for doing that kind of stuff. Mm. But predators are rampant. There. Wow. And then the other one is Whisper. Whisper. Whisper is, a, is an anonymous app where you can post things and then have people respond to it. And then once you respond, they can send a direct message. And I've done AWARE workshops. Where I do, where I log in as a as a miner, mm-hmm. and I'll post something super innocent, mm-hmm. and I'll have somebody in the front row that with a with a stopwatch, and I'll have them, you <laughs> know, I'll have them, um, start it when I post, and within seconds I get my first hit. Yeah, and it's geographically based, so you can see if you're com- communicating with someone within ten miles, five miles, or a mile, mm. and it gets very very graphic really really quick.
0: And you're you're reading it to everybody so they can see how quickly it happens yeah
1: yeah and I, I do a disclaimer I yeah. mean, you're probably gonna see and hear things that are very graphic but again our kids are seeing this yeah and so it's important for you to understand the challenges and the apps that are out there because if you don't they're gonna they're, they know how to hide it um seven seventy percent of the kids know how to hide stuff from their parents from mm. a Pew research poll wow and on the other end of that eighty percent of online Crimes against children. The sex, the offender used the child's social media to gain information about them. Mm-hmm. So you got eighty percent using social media of the bad guys, and you've got seventy percent of the kids that know how to hide it. So you've got a big <laughs> problem in the middle. Absolutely. And so it's important for parents to understand what kick is, what me, what messenger apps are out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, not only do you have to familiarize yourself with it, but even the top ones that you would think you know, the Instagram, the Snapchat, and Facebook. They're, and Twitter, their um, features and their capabilities are changing all the time. Yeah. Let's say Facebook does something, okay, then Instagram's going to do it. Or if Snapchat does something, Instagram's going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're all trying to compete with each other, so they're always changing their features and their functions. Wow. So it's important to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, one of the things that you talked about earlier was the importance of that conversation with the, with a child, and you say a lot of people avoid that. What are, what are some things in terms of conversations – that you can have. What are some questions that we should be asking or some responses that we should be looking for to kind of give us a gauge of that. And then worst case scenario, if we're having that conversation and and they're they're replying back, yeah, they wanted me to send them a picture or whatever else, kind of, what are next steps?
1: Role play with them, you know, role play with them and say, you know, if this happens, what are you going to do? Create a safety plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like something that I do with my kids, we have a contract. Uh, When I gave them their device, They had a a 20-point contract that I had them sign. Mm -hmm. It had to do with grades. It had to do with turning their devices in at a certain time. And what I did with that is my wife and I put the emotion into the contract so that we kept the emotions out of the consequences. Mm -hmm. So they got a contract. If any of those, they read them, they sign it, and if they violate any of that, they lose their device for X amount of time. Um, Like like at our house, if that device isn't on my dresser at 9 o'clock, they lose it the next day. Mm-hmm. In 901, if it's there, oh, sorry, dad, sorry. You they, signed a contract. Yeah, It kept the emotion out of it because we put the emotion into the contract. You lost your phone the next day and they know it. Yeah. So we, they, we manage their expectations. We didn't start at, you know, my son's 16. I didn't start these rules at 16. We started it when they were nine, 10, 11. We started the culture of responsibility. You know, you're not raising children. You're raising adults, mm-hmm. so it's important to have those adult conversations when you feel it's an adult yeah. moment. I mean, but you just have to understand in your own house what what works as far as discipline goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How hard would it be for you to share a, a similar type of contract? Like, if I were to actually put that in the in the notes of this, I could send it to you. or make it available. I'd love to make that available to the audience because just giving somebody a starting point, I, <clears throat> I think, for one one thing. Uh, a lot of people struggle with is they're they know they need to do something but then they get busy and 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 whatever else And next thing you know it's like you know three four weeks have gone by and the next thing you know your kid's 13 and and you you've lost that opportunity so if Mm -hmm. we can kind of put some of those um tools in their hands to help them with that i think that'd be absolutely fantastic and and i think that's a great idea because you're also teaching them responsibility Mm -hmm. You're, you're you're talking to them about the importance of of that contract and what that means so hopefully later on in like life like you said Because they were raised as adults, um, they have that mentality of, hey, this is a contract, and I know that there's consequences if I break that. But it's also like, I I think a lot of times, and it goes back to that conversation if you're not talking to your kids about some of these things, then they don't know that they're wrong, right? They don't know, they know that a stranger is wrong, but as far as they know, uh, that stranger is a potential friend. It's somebody their age. You
1: make a great point because a lot of parents will have the stranger your conversation yeah. with their kids that goes out the window when it comes to this yeah because st- these predators use that and that's what grooming does mm-hmm. grooming be, they befriend them they compliment them they create an environment where they can tell each other whatever that you know secrets mm-hmm. um, and and so they're not strangers anymore after a certain amount of time because they're asking for um, you know, they're, they're befriending them and they're talking about things that, you know, they maybe wouldn't talk about with their, with their uh, parents or they're almost like boyfriend, girlfriend, virtually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been actually proposed to online by an online predator and he called me nothing but his wife after that. Yeah. So we were virtually married. And so these guys will stop at nothing to get what they want. They are absolutely committed. Mm to get what they want. So the parents on the other end have to be just as committed, if not more.
0: Yeah. So I have a couple of kind of uh, outside but still within the same topic questions for you. Question number uh, one is how do these guys learn this stuff? Because it seems like when you talk about grooming and whatever else, it, there's <clears throat> there's intentionality there. Mm-hmm. And so if somehow they've figured this out, or is this just that they're wired that way and they, they kind of figure it out is they're like um, – a way that they learn these types of things or is this just patterns that that develop? Uh, and then on the back end of that, how do you like almost clear your mind because there's, there's so much stuff coming at you. How do you, how do you unplug from something like that? Because that's a lot of weight to carry throughout the day. And and I know it's part of the job and it's, it's things that you're trying to do, uh, to protect the community. But I got to think that that, that way that there's a toll there on you as well. How do you, how do you release some of that stuff so you can, Have a normal day (laughs) (laughs) when you're when you're not at work i i'm gonna
1: i I recently went to a a a conference where a navy seal was speaking Mm -hmm. and he said for him to grow up there had to be a moment where he shook off the 17 year old Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of these guys that are in their 30s 40s 50s that are doing this haven't grown up yeah and they're using the same methods of getting girls that they used when they were younger and it worked and then they didn't grow up. Mm-hmm. And they have this, I don't know, this desire to keep their youth. Mm-hmm. And so they'll go to these, these areas on the web and communicate with these little kids. And I, 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 don't, I don't know if they've ever grown up mentally. Right. And I think another big part of this is pornography. Mm -hmm. I honestly do. I think the graphic nature of pornography and the easy, how easily accessible it is. Mm -hmm. And some of the top trends are teen sex, Mm -hmm. teen pornography. And so you couple that with a, a, a group of men that haven't grown up. And then you couple that with pornography and how graphic it is, and then how easy it is to meet them online. Now, I mean, they don't have to go to the mall. They don't have to go to the skate park. They don't, they don't have to go to a public place anymore. Mm. The internet and social media has made it so efficient mm-hmm. for these guys. Like, There's been guys that I've chatted with. After I busted them, I saw that they were chatting with 20 other kids. Wow. And their, their methods were the same. They had almost a cookie-cutter type of response and opening for each one of these kids. And they were, it's like basically like fishing for them. Yeah. It's like a numbers game. They're just going to throw numbers out there. And if they get one or two, that's great. You know, it's, it's, if they don't, no big deal. I'll just delete them and move on to someone else because there's tons of kids that are getting social media all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of kids aren't monitored like they should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're risky and and, and want to push the boundaries. And they're finding out who they are too. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of hormones going on yeah. when you're 13, 14, 15 years old on both sides. And so these guys prey upon that. And so, I, I I wish I had the 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 one answer on why these guys do what they do. Uh, I think it's just a combination of things. I'm
0: just glad that there's not like schools and like YouTube channels that are telling people how to do this. That's, that would be like my fear is that it's become so rampant. Well, that they almost like because you hear about like Nambla and and, and things like that where it, there's there's almost a structure to it. And there it I, is, and I hope that that's it's not as. Um, Professionalized
1: as that—that's uh, a different podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> there is there is okay. a, there is a professional standard out there, if you will, oh, okay. on the dark web, and and there's actual forums and websites that will actually instruct on how to groom and lure kids, yeah. and then there's also networks of guys out there that do, do nothing but get pictures of kids and they trade them like yeah. currency, yeah. And so, but that's a different different podcast. Well, I, I think it's, I think
0: it's important that we bring stuff like that up because I think. A lot of times we float through life thinking that the world is all sunshine and roses and then we don't realize that there's actual predators out there that are are seeking uh to destroy our kids and destroy our families for their own selfish gain and so it's definitely one of those things that once you uh have a better understanding and that's where sex trafficking i think comes into play too is like all this kind of feeds into that as well in some capacity and so i think that's the the I don't want to say buzzword, but it's the thing that you hear about a lot now. And I'm glad that we are because I think a lot of times people just ignored it. Like, I look at a missing child's board at a Walmart or a post office and and I kind of get depressed because I'm like, there's a good percentage of those kids that probably are caught up in that. Mm -hmm. And that board right there is is proof that it it happens in your community.
1: Well, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children believes... Through studies and through interviews and through casework, that within 48 hours of a child running away, they're going to be contacted
0: by a pimp. Wow. <laughs> how do how do pimps know that? I see the,
1: it's the runaways, and and you know they need they need shelter, they need food. Yeah. And who's who? What better person than, than somebody like a pimp to bring them yeah, in and suppose. love on them and and let them let them stay on their couch and feed them and then turn them. Yeah, that's exactly. what that's what happens. Holy they, cow!
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. One of the other things that uh, we kind of talked a little bit about earlier, and then I want to go back to the question because uh, we only answered the first part of it, but um, the age of exposure when we're talking about pornography. So I think, and I've heard this in some other, um, from other speakers or whatever else, that basically whenever you turn that switch on for a young boy, um, that's, that's the age that it basically starts and so if it gets turned on earlier in life or they're exposed to that stuff earlier in life, then it becomes more natural for them to sexualize kids their age at that beginning phase. And that's almost why it gets into the younger and younger younger kids is because they themselves were exposed earlier. So can you talk about the importance of protecting your children from pornography and, and, and some things that you could potentially do to – I know that, and unfortunately, I don't say that. I don't think you can actually prevent them from being exposed to it, um, because of just the world that we live in. So, how do you, how do you prepare them and, and try to prolong that exposure so that they're not thinking of of other people in those terms? So yeah, early. that's a million dollar question. You know, I know with my well, this is the YBT podcast. So we, right. ask, we ask <laughs> the million dollar questions, yeah, <laughs> but.
1: You know, from my son, yeah. um, it started early on on how I treat my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want him to be, I want him to to see that yeah. that I have a lot of respect for my wife and I treat her with respect. Um, and my daughter the same way. I treat my daughter like a princess yeah. and I treat my wife like a queen. Mm-hmm. And I want them to, I want him to see how a man treats a woman. Mm-hmm. And if, so when he ever gets exposed, or if he ever gets exposed, you know. About with two pornography, I want him to see that that's so unnatural. Yeah, I mean, we have had the talk mm-hmm. with him and about what true love is and what true love making is between two people that are in love, mm-hmm. and that what you're gonna see if you see it on pornography that's not even remotely close, right? And that that sexual acts that they're seeing are so unnatural and so outside the realm of normal that I. I just, I just try to communicate that as, as much as I can. And um, you know I, I would just uh, try to do everything that I can to keep him away from that because I know how visually stimulated men are. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can try to deny it, you can try to bounce your eyes, you can, you can do all the things that you can do as a man, but we are visually stimulated. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with your heart, it has to do with your attitude towards women, and if you can get those things in line, you know, then I think the effects of a pornographic video or something like that would be lessened as far as, you know, something that you might be concerned about where they would act out on that. You know, there's drugs out there, you know, like marijuana. Sometimes Mm -hmm. kids take a hit and it's like, ugh, gross, nothing, you know, they don't even mess with it. Then there's that one time that one kid hits it one time and they're like, man, this is the best thing ever. And then they turn and, you know, have drugs part of their life forever. You know, so it's kind of the same thing because I believe that pornography is is a drug, yeah. And it can be, it can rewire your brain. It can rewire your expectations of what you think girls are doing, mm-hmm. and what what's expected of a girl. I mean, I know that that has changed a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so again, again, it's going to be you in your own home and how you communicate and how you act. You you have to be. A certain way around your kids so that you can be their example and that's what I try to do
0: well and that goes back to being the leader in your family being the leader in your home just how important that role is because uh, when you think about the role that your parent had in your life or especially a father has in your life that there's a really strong Um, relationship that uh, there's a void there that kids are always looking for the attention of their father and they're always looking for that love of their father and if they're not getting that or it's not developed or um, for whatever reason the connection is not made they're going to try to find that someplace else Mm -hmm. and so they're going to look all all around and they may have unrealistic expectations of things or they may just not truly understand or uh, maybe they just don't know the difference and it's because it hasn't been shown to them like this is how you treat uh, a woman. This is how you treat uh, a friend who's a girl. Um, there's <clears throat> once you can establish that, then I think that those morals and those those uh, that compass for them comes into play. And, and if they don't have that, it's easier for them to fall into this. And it sounds like um, the accessibility of it for for kids now is is definitely greater than, than it's ever been because it's literally in their hand mm-hmm. uh, and in front of their face a, a lot more than uh, I think people care to admit. Yeah, it's a worldwide platform right in their hands. Yeah. And
1: you don't need a data plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a lot of parents think they have the sense of security because, well, my kid doesn't have a data plan. Yeah, All these apps that I was telling you about, the kick, the Whisper, Snapchat, <coughs> all you need is Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, and a lot of kids have access to it. And in some cases, they're pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even when I was a kid, man, I, a lot of keep people... I could hook up a lot of people uh, to the internet, and it, and this was like, unfortunately, this is how old I am. Like, this is when there was a dial-up tone. I mean, right. this was like, I, I was starting to figure that stuff out, and, and uh, you know, you got to give kids credit, especially now. Like, you know, they they know how to do a lot more things mm-hmm. and I think you understand, and especially if somebody's there saying, hey, do this, do that. Uh, my kids watch videos on YouTube of people playing video games, and they know ins and outs of all sorts of different stuff, and they, they absorb it, and they know it and they're experts at it, which to me it's just it's amazing and awesome and scary all at the same at the same time right um i want to i want to kind of uh, bring it to a close and and I, again i want to circle back to to how do you how do you separate this because this again this is something that's a really big topic and and there's just so much tied to it and you talked about just um like all the like men being visually stimulated and all that other stuff i mean so you're a guy and and you're exposed to a lot of this stuff how do you how do you keep yourself on the on the right path with this? Cause I, I, and I'm not saying that it's easy to fall into it, especially when you're fighting it and you're disgusted by it. But how do you just, how do you have a good day after something like that? I mean, you have just this, just this, this day of just going through and just being surrounded by creeps. Well, I'm task focused. Yeah. So
1: I, I start my day with a list and I go, I cross everything off as mm-hmm. I go through it. Uh, but when I'm dealing with this part of it, honestly, a good day is having them in handcuffs. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's and put what in the way resolution. because, statistically, one guy, one online predator, one predator that we're talking about, has between twenty and sixty victims, mm. and so so average of fifty. So every guy that I get off the street, those are fifty kids that he's not going to have access to. Wow. So for me, that's a good day. Yeah. Because that's that's another story I don't have to hear about. It's another child that isn't going to be victimized because there's so many kids that don't report. Yeah. I mean, just the stuff that we know about is. Is, is almost unimaginable mm-hmm. as far as the ab- amount of this activity that's going out there but that's only a fraction because a lot of kids they won't say anything mm-hmm. they don't want to lose their technology they don't want to lose their apps they don't want to lose that that connection with that person and so it again it comes back to the parent you have to be able to to know what these apps are know the behavior of your child have a have boundaries in the house like with this contract mm-hmm. and just know you know, know the know the identifiers, the yeah. indicators of what's going on with this, this kid. And no, look at their phone. Don't just trust them. Yeah. You trust but verify. Yeah. You know what? Because I've been burned by my own kid. I trusted him. And mm-hmm. then I looked at the phone. I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and then he explains to me. And then, okay, part of the contract, buddy. Yeah. You know, sorry. Uh, Getting but,
0: into the meat of the contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You, you <laughs> took a couple steps past one and two and got straight to three and four. Yeah. <laughs> And, I have, 20, and I have 20 <laughs> points on it. So.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, I
0: honestly, with the demand project,
1: we have a whole prayer team that prays, prays for us. Yeah. And uh, I think that honestly is the the, the stuff that, that gets us through. Yeah. You know?
0: So... Um Tell the audience, how do they support the demand project and then the new property that you have? Can you tell them about that? How they can get involved? If they're hearing the work that you're doing and they want to get involved or they want to support you somehow, how do they do that? Man, they can
1: just call me. Okay. Can you give them my number? Yeah, absolutely. My phone number is Mm -hmm. 918-346-2168. I'm on Facebook and then you can also go to the Mm -hmm. demandproject.org. We do need um, help with the property. Yeah. On, we didn't talk much about sex trafficking, yeah. but it's a huge, huge, huge problem in America. It's not an overseas thing. It just looks different here. Yeah. And a lot of the tactics that we're talking about with grooming and luring and all that, that's what pimps are doing to kids to get them into sex trafficking as well. Mm-hmm. And the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children estimates that at least 100,000 American kids are sexually trafficked every single year. Wow. And that's not an accumulative number, that's every year, and that does not include Hispanic population, the Asian population—that's just American kids. In America, there's less than 300 beds available for se- sex trafficking victims, mm-hmm. and that includes minors. So when our property is up and running, we're going to be able to hold between 30 and 60 kids, and that's—it's going to be a so different like
0: a 10 to 20 percent increase in beds absolutely. across the country. <laughs> and it's
1: going to be completely different than what is is currently available. A lot of what's available now is very institutionalized, mm-hmm. and. Um, almost like they're getting victimized again through the criminal look you know, the, the look and feel of it this is going to be a community these are homes these are ranch homes where they're going to have their own bedroom and they're going to have you know, the stars to look out at and there's water nearby and there's there's stuff to do and they're going to be able to go to school I mean, it's just going to be an amazing atmosphere for them and so we definitely need help mm-hmm. um, you know, with with time, money and resources That's what we that's what we really need
0: and uh, just go to the demandproject.com. Yeah, and, uh, uh, dot org. Or dot org, yeah. demandproject.org, and you can uh, see how to get plugged in and how to support them. Uh, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to our audience. I know this is probably a, a tougher topic for people to, to tune in and listen to, but I think it's just as important as some of the leadership things that we talk about because I think being that protector and that, that person in, in your home And having that relationship and and being intentional with the time that you spend with your family, especially your kids, and and taking that that mindset of, I am raising adults. I'm not just raising raising kids. Um, This is where some of that stuff comes into play. And and I'm actually glad that we're having this conversation because I have uh, an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I'm getting really close to some conversations that I'm not really looking forward to. And it's just, I want to make sure I do it right. I want to make sure that I protect my kids from, from things like that, because, uh, as, as young as I feel, I am, the world has changed a ton from when I was a kid. And so, uh, I was always looking out for, for vans that said, you know, free ice cream on them, uh, and, and stranger danger. And And it's, it's not that anymore. It's, it's completely evolved and we need to be vigilant, uh, to, to educate our kids, to have those conversations with our kids, it sounds simple, but I, I understand where it, it can be a challenge for, for people. So Jason, I wanna give you an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. I mean, we've talked about a lot of different uh, uncomfortable things here in the conversation, but I think it's important for us as, uh, as, as parents to, to be vigilant, like we said. So what would, you, what would your message be to the, the people tuning in today? You know who the audience is, you know who we're trying to target. What would, what would be your, your lasting, uh, lasting words with them? I would say that if you're listening to this and you've learned anything, mm-hmm.
1: this is just the beginning. Yeah. It's not the end. Just because you've got some good information, like you know what kick and Snapchat and, and Whisper is, and you think, you know, I can go to my, my son or daughter's phone and see it on there. Uh, and I've done my job where I've had this communication with her and saying, hey, you know, there's people out there that are bad that want that to wanna find you and potentially get a bad picture from you or, or meet from you. This is just the beginning. Mm. It's a constant education because everything is changing. Like when I do my AWARE workshops, literally the morning that I do it, I'm changing slides. Mm. And you were talking about earlier about, you know, your kids are eight, nine years old and you're, you might be uncomfortable yeah. to talk to them about this. Trust me, it's important for you to have that conversation because it's not uncomfortable for the online predator that's grooming your child. Absolutely, They are not uncomfortable talking about sex. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. That's what they're professionals at doing. They are professionals at getting your kids into a position where it's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So get past yourself and get to a point where you can have that conversation. Be the man, be the leader. Initiate that type of dialogue in your house because your kids will appreciate it. And you could potentially stop them from being hurt.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I would suppose that the conversation further on down the line is a lot more uncomfortable conversation mm, you're right. than just the basic, uh, heads up conversation. So Jason, thank you for taking the time to, to do what you do, uh, and, and to come here and speak on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate everything. Uh, listeners, I encourage you go check out the demand and see how you can get involved and see how you, you can help. Uh, listeners remember, choose to connect seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.